This episode of the Expat Cast is sponsored by BetterHelp. As expats, immigrants, foreigners, people living abroad, we face plenty of challenges outside the norm that might sometimes feel like a little bit too much, especially when you add on to that a global pandemic that separates you from friends and family and isolates you in your new country. So yeah, I can understand why some of y'all might be interested in seeking therapy. BetterHelp is a great option for just that. They are an online service that connects you with a qualified therapist with whom you can do sessions via video, via telephone, or even via chat. I actually have several expat friends here in Germany who use BetterHelp for their therapy. One fellow American found it important that her therapist understands her U.S. background. For another, her insurance just didn't cover therapy, so she was going to have to pay out of pocket either way, and BetterHelp can actually be a bit cheaper than in-person therapy. One major benefit is how quick and easy BetterHelp is. Finding therapy through the German system can mean months of paperwork, a language barrier, a cultural barrier, all things that can make an already overwhelmed feeling even worse. But with BetterHelp, you actually get matched within 48 hours of signing up, and then you can get right to diving into the issues that brought you there in the first place. To learn more and sign up yourself, head on over to betterhelp.com slash expatcast. And as a special offer to the expatcast listeners, you can actually save 10% on your first month. Once again, that's betterhelp.com slash expatcast. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. Welcome to the expatcast. This is the podcast where expats share their stories about fitting in, standing out, and every mishap on the journey to finding home abroad. I'm your host, Nicole. And I'm 30! Yeah, it happened. I had my birthday last weekend. I had an incredible time. I'm sure a lot of you know there were storms all across Germany last week, like bad enough storms that schools were getting canceled, which pretty much never happens here. I was so worried because my entire birthday plan involved an outdoor bonfire because I thought, ah, that's COVID safe, should be fun. And then I got closer to the date and thought, oh my god, I'm gonna have to cancel because there's like 100 plus kilometer per hour winds. But the thing was, I had no rain plan. So I just wrote into this group chat that I'd made for the event and said, look guys, I don't really have a plan B. So I'm just deciding that the weather is going to be good. I'm I'm manifesting it. (laughs) Which is a ridiculous thing to say. And yet... In the middle of the storm, because yeah, I'm recording this early of the week after and it is still storming, still rainy, still super windy. But the weekend of my birthday, the skies parted and it was sunny and blue skies and kind of warm for February. I mean, I really couldn't have asked for better weather or a better celebration. And the kicker of it all, my friends and I last minute booked a trip overnight to France There's a beautiful little town called Besançon, and it's got a cat cafe. So, I mean, I had to go. I have to say it was really cool making a spontaneous last-minute decision to go to a different country. That's always cool, sort of categorically, but especially during COVID times. I mean, it's been really a while since I've done some spontaneous travel like that. It did definitely give me the bug, and now I have a very last-minute trip planned to Hamburg and, I don't know, maybe Copenhagen, maybe Kiel... It's not really planned at all. Who am I kidding? But I'll be up there real soon. Don't worry. Episodes of the show will still be coming out. But yeah, I'll just be coming at you from the road. (laughs) It is time to get to this week's episode, which is with a friend of mine here in Freiburg named Tanya. We actually became friends years ago through contact that originated because of this podcast, because she came on to the podcast right when I was getting started. And we actually developed a friendship from there. 
Back then, she came on the show to talk about her work as a therapist in Germany and to give us some tips on the topic of Weltschmerz, which is the pain of the world. So we talked about these moments in current events or in heavy times where it just feels like everything's yeah, a lot, and how we cope with that, especially as people living abroad. So it's definitely a good episode to revisit during Corona times. Now Tanya's back to get a little bit more personal and talk to us about her experience living in Germany as a foreigner who is also a single mom. As you've gathered from my intro last week, I'm increasingly interested in all different formats of parenthood that happen to expats. And Tanya was so gracious to come on and share some personal experience I do want to make one final pitch for an episode. I really would love to interview someone who has adopted a child as an expat, specifically in Germany if possible, but also generally. There are so many things I would love to know, but actually I don't know anyone who has adopted, which probably already tells you something because I've heard from a lot of friends it's very complicated and difficult to do. But if you guys know anyone who has adopted as an expat, as a foreigner, as an immigrant, if you think they'd be willing to come on the show and talk about their experience, let me know. I would really love to do that. For now, let's focus on single motherhood with Tanya. My name is Tanya Dantes, and I was born in Mexico City. I grew up a lot in California, also lived in New York, and then I've been here almost seven years in Freiburg. Now we're here to talk more specifically about you and your experience because, um, yeah, there's so much to your life. And one aspect that we're going to talk about today is life as a single parent abroad. So first off, thanks for being down to talk about this topic because I'm sure it's nuanced and, and difficult, but I'm really excited to to hear from you. So yeah, let's first start off with how you moved abroad, why you moved abroad, how that all originated, and of course, as that ties into your kiddo. <laughs> yeah, so I moved here originally because I was getting married to a German man, and I really felt like, I mean, I my son was two years old and we were in California and it felt like I was finishing up my master's in counseling psychology. So it felt like, okay, it's like it works. Like we can move there and start, I can start my career there as a therapist. Also had the impression, very wrong impression, but that it would be easy. People had said like it would be easy to become a therapist here and that there were a lot of English speaking people and that would need therapy and and just like love the nature, came to visit here. And yeah, I love the forest, love the the way, you know, it's very sus- sustainability oriented, Freiburg. And there were many things that aligned with my values of like where I would want to raise my child and especially like thinking, okay, I'll marry this man and like my son will grow up also having this father figure and like kind of the dream of that family the fairy tale in Black Forest kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can see I can see how there's a lot of appeal to all of that. And then I also know how the reality can be so de- first off, I mean the forest is amazing, but we're sitting here in the middle of winter and it's like gray and it's been gray for forever. <laughs> and like especially coming from Southern California and uh, Mexico City. Yeah. Slightly different weather conditions. Um and then also gosh like the whole career part. That's a whole nother topic, but you've been on so many journeys and battles <laughs> with being able to do therapy in English in Germany. Yeah, I think what I would want to say from there is like, I don't think anyone 
can prepare you for what the adjustment is to living, I would say particularly in German culture. I wouldn't say it's like, I mean, obviously moving to any different country, it's an adjustment. But I think, you know, I've lived in different places. I've lived in Mexico City. I've lived out so outside of Mexico City, like in, in Playa del Carmen. And I've lived in New York and I've lived in Santa Fe and spent time in Spain and I feel like German culture has certain characteristics that can make it like more hoops to jump over or certain things. Yeah, there was just like nothing that could have prepared me for like learning the language and the career stuff and just finding friends and all of it and the and the weather. That was just really hard and I wasn't really I'm a very optimistic kind of like, yeah, let's go for it, adventure person. It was there was it took a lot from me more than what I expected, I think. Your son is now nine? Yeah. Okay. He's about to turn 10. That's such a big one. It is. Oh, man. Yeah. And so I think what's so fascinating and complex about being a single mom as an expat is like, first off, expat life, it's a whole mess of challenges and beautiful moments and challenging moments and a whole mixed bag, right? And then being a single parent is regardless of geography, I think pretty much universally never the easiest thing in the world. It has its own set of challenges. And you have now had both of these things combined, but you've also had these experiences somehow at separate times first before they combine. So I, I want to hear a little bit about about the challenges, A, with single parenthood, B, with expat life, and C, with as they've combined. I think the biggest difference you know, I just have to kind of start with, you know, seeing A, B, and C, like, the biggest difference is like the amount of support you're going to have, right? Because I feel like that just makes all the difference for everything in life, pretty much, right? And so like, when I first went through single motherhood, I really had this, I was living in California. So I had a lot of support from my dad. And my son really had his grandpa in his life. And like, I could just be like, okay, I'm going to go do this. And and my dad would take care of my son. And like they have that relationship and that stability and and like knowing, you know, my dad's there and, and I had friends and and even just my master's in counseling psychology, it was really helpful to be a single mom in a I chose to have a career and be a mom, but I felt like it was just the right mix. Like I was studying my master's, I started when he was six months old. And I would only go, I I could go like on the weekends to Santa Barbara. I was living in San Diego and I would take him up with me because I was like still nursing him too. And like I would take him up and I would hire a babysitter or like get a friend to come with me for the weekend. And like I'd spend all day studying and then I'd come home and he'd be in the little hotel room and then I could still be with him. And it's like, and then so it was great because it was like, I really feel like I set myself up for the win as a like I was like bettering my you know like career potential so that I could really offer him a great future and show him and model for him like going for your dreams and also be with him and like get to spend those you know first two years like really with him and then I would just study you know at home like at night when he would go to sleep or when he was napping or when he was with my dad and I really spent a lot of time with him and that was really great and then when I met my ex now ex-husband, we decided to move here. I really felt like, okay, he it'll contribute something more for me, the, the family value of like having that family. And 
my ex-husband also had like, they didn't have much extended family. It was a very small family. It was his parents, one sister, nobody had a kid. So my son was coming into like the role of like the nephew, the grandson. And so it really was kind of like a good fit in that sense. And when we moved here, they were of support in some ways, like hosting us for holidays or you know, just being there kind of thing. And my ex-husband, of course, was of support too. Well, not of course, I guess there are some that wouldn't have been, but he was of support. But it was just combined with expat life, right? Like expat life just was so hard. Like I didn't expect, you know, just every little thing, like even just the cultural differences in meeting other parents in his kindergarten, for example, or like the culture of like having people over it for a play date and like birthday parties and like the feeling of like not getting invited to birthday parties where like maybe in the states I would like everyone just invite everyone or like have a bigger party and hear it being more like exclusive like only invite like four kids and just feeling like why didn't they invite us and like I like, didn't realize like all of these things were so different even like play dates and things yeah, playdates, maybe not so much, but I did feel more like with the parties, just more exclusivity or like, like I remember I had I had stuff where I don't really know. I haven't explored enough to know if it's only my culture, like me and my own <laughs> yeah. individual culture, if it's a total <laughs> cultural thing. But my experience with like a lot of parties where like the whole class would be invited or like a lot of more kids would be invited. And here I had even a couple, like a mom. I remember one time a mom came up to me and was like, my son doesn't want to invite your son to the party. And she said it to me like as if I was supposed to be happy she's telling me that. Like, like, thank you for telling me that. Like, I understand. And it was like, to me, it was like, well, tell your kid tough luck. (laughs) Like, like, just like they're kids. Just invite them anyway. Show them how to. But for them, it was like, I honor, you know, which I get that whole like sovereignty of kids. But it's like, dude, they're kids. Like, just you show them by inviting everyone anyway like they can be friends but it was tough and yeah just really needing more connection with moms and more friends for my son through like having developing friendships with the moms and it feeling just really hard to get in and I mean I know that's a a common thread here in Germany I feel like it's hard to get in on the circles that have been since childhood, you know, these friendship circles. And it was just really hard to create or foster like that, like sense of having tons of little friends for my son to have like play dates with and stuff. It was just really hard. There's been so many circumstances where I'm like the one and only foreigner experience this person has had all all week, um, all month, maybe their whole life. And I think bigger cities in Germany and of course elsewhere, it's more, it's just so much more common that they have some kind of framework for what that is so yeah the size here is a bit tricky because it's like oh then you know can't you find like an expats moms group or like blah 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 but but maybe but it's probably also small and confusing and has a lot of politics going on (laughs) yeah it's true I mean I feel like in a bigger city it would totally merit like a specific center where those issues are addressed or like there's a group for expat moms and like their kids to bond. I did find one there's a in Spanish there was a it's a group here called Mama Mima which means like it's just it's just kind of a play on words in Spanish hard to like translate <laughs> but it's like uh, for Spanish-speaking songs and a circle for kids. And I actually did meet a few moms that I'm still in touch with to this day. 
But I didn't find that in – I mean, there's like – I think there's a Facebook group or something like that. But I didn't – I did meet other English-speaking moms – uh, expat and and otherwise like there are sometimes german moms who wanted to speak in english but it was very like transitory or you know like it wasn't like there's no study group that i found that like stayed steady and all our kids hung out and and i think also in the schools there were things that came up you know my son grew up being trilingual because i speak to him in spanish we speak in spanish together and my ex-husband and i were speaking in english and then he was learning German and he was speaking in German with my ex-husband. And, and there are certain nuances that happen with bilingual or trilingual kids that, you know, it's like they're slower to to master a language because they're like learning three, you know, yeah. or, or like certain vocab can be slower. And just think little things like that. Or I think things that they're maybe still resolving within themselves about their past, like having lived in a different country that unless they they get that space and that kind of recognition from the caregivers, teachers and everyone in, involved like i think it shows up as a problem when they're in school. Like why is this kid not just doing the exact same thing as every other kid in here? And i feel like there's room for there to be you know like trauma informed like for there to be culturally um I don't even know what we would call it, but something informed of like cognizance of like the needs of kids who have moved around and that, you know, they might just show up a tiny bit differently than a kid who's been here their entire life and only spoken German, for example. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, those are huge differences. Of course, it's going to come out differently. And, and I'm sure there's also a range amongst kids who have that common experience, how that shows up. So, yeah. Yeah. There's sort of... um. A unity often within German culture of like, this is how things are done. You're kind of on a single path and um, it can be a little challenging on both sides when you show up and you're like, well, hate to tell you, I do things differently. We're going to have to figure it out. <laughs> okay, so now then at some point, these two challenges combined, right? So we talked about single parenthood back in the US and then here expat life and then yeah, you've referenced ex-husband. So at some point this came into the picture as well. And how were what, what kind of challenges came then? All of a sudden, you're being a single parent. I mean, I don't know, maybe not all of a sudden, but you're being a single parent then in in this expat setting. Yeah, I mean, I think I'll I'll go into it from where we kind of left in the sense of like schooling, for example, became there were challenges where I was having to bring in like, okay, how do I explain that in my culture, for example, I even had issues where like I remember going into his elementary school one day to like leave him his feshper, which is like his snack or whatever that he'd forgotten at home and put it into his backpack and like his teacher saw me and she yelled at me and she what? was just like, hey, can't go in the school grounds at this hour. Like, da, da, da. And it was like I had to like stop and just be like, you know, I think if I had been in like my people pleaser trauma mode before like freeze, I would have just like frozen and not said anything. But I, I like kind of came to and I was like, excuse me. Um, but you know, in my culture, we say hi to other adults. <laughs> like we greet them first. We don't yell at each other, even if you're the teacher. And you know, we can just communicate the need without having to yell. Like, please don't, you know, yell at me. <laughs> like that. And it was like so crazy to me and then you know I've talked to lots of parents since then about like yeah like this is the norm this is like how it is here but I think we need to learn to 
to bring ourselves into the the picture. And I think that was a lot of the learning because when I was married to a German person here, I leaned a lot on like being kind of sheltered by him and like letting him speak for me or like represent me in in the culture or in the school or at Elterngespräch, like at the parent child teacher meetings or whatever. And and then I had to learn to self-advocate or advocate for my kid on my own. In a way, though, that made me like be more true to what I really wanted to say. It's not always been easy. It's like it's been, you know, there's some teachers that are more receptive than others. But yeah, that's that's a big thing. But the biggest loss was I've I've shared like in San Diego, I had my dad and here it was like my ex-husband and his family. And then when uh, we separated and he his family chose not to like see us anymore it was just really hard to not have someone to lean on like hey like this came up you know I'm gonna be working late could you watch my son and you know it's like I don't have that here that's really hard or or even have one of those days where it's just like I'm in a terrible mood I need like a break as a mom that happens you know and just be like I need to go for a walk or go take care of myself and can you you know hang out with a kiddo for a few hours and I've been someone who you know I consider myself very resourceful I've tried many things like I I created something called thrive in a tribe and like invited friends who are also single moms some just expats some single moms some whatever just people who I thought would be a good fit and to do like potlucks once a week or every other week and and it just hasn't, for some reason, I don't know if it's corona or what, it just hasn't taken off. But to find ways to have that sort of family vibe or have that, you know, hey, you can ask. I do have friends I can ask once in a while, you know, can you watch my son? But it's just not the same as like family or like your partner that you can just kind of do it more often or more spontaneously. So I think that's the hardest part. It can be hard to build expat friends in the first place, uh, not only fellow expat friends, but friends, period, when you are an expat. That's so challenging as an individual human. And then, yeah, when it comes down to like when you have family or you have friends you've known for decades, of course, you just call them and say, hey, I'm dropping my kid off. I need to go get McDonald's and sit in the parking lot and listen to music for an hour. (laughs) Like, no questions asked, you know, Um, you don't even need to tell them where you're going. But I imagine it's probably harder. Not only are you forging community for yourself and for your family like you and your son as people but also this next step of like and I'm leaning on you have you found any difference between sort of these layers of connection that you need to build yeah I mean for sure you know like I I feel like I've learned really like I am a person who you know teaches women to self-advocate and like I feel like I'm pretty good at it like I remember, you know, when I first separated, like sending an email out to the close group, like being like, I'm going to need some support. I have all these workshops lined up and like evening things. And like, I have a babysitter, but it's also so nice to have like friends and family. And and then having sometimes people who would be like, hey, yeah, you can drop your son off over the weekend. And like, that's fine. But also feeling scared, you know, like, where is the line? Or, you know, am I at... I didn't really feel, I really felt like at a place where I, I could do that and I needed to to ask for that and everyone responded great. But but now I got to say, I don't know if it's Corona or what. I feel like things have shifted a lot. I don't feel as comfortable doing that. 
my son is also older and it gets also harder, you know, to, you know, when they also have kids and do the kids get along or what will they do? And it's just like, it brings up a lot of different nuances. It just gets a little tougher. Of course, all of this is happening in Germany and Freiburg specifically, if that, I'm not sure if that matters. But when I think about Germany, I think about like, oh, one of the major payoffs to living here is that there's so many support systems and so much I mean, the government's very present, which is also why it's a pain in the neck, because it's a lot of paperwork and a lot of bureaucracy. But at the end of that bureaucracy, at the end of the paperwork, there's often some kind of support. So I'm curious, was there any benefits in terms of the systems in Germany? Yeah, yeah. So, okay, so I mean, people usually get Kindergeld, right? So like, that's the the money that most people get for just having a kid basically right I think it's like what 300 a month or something it's about 200 okay yeah 200 and then you get more if you have more kids but yeah for one child it's like 200 and then after I divorced um because here the divorce takes like a year at least and so after I was finally divorced I did apply there's something if you're not receiving any kind of child support from anybody and you have to prove it if you're international it's a little bit like more complicated but if you're not receiving child support from anybody then you're eligible for something called Unterhalts for shoes which is basically like the state will pay you something like a, a supplement to your kindergeld like the child allowance just because it's like okay you're a single parent household not receiving child support from anybody else so in terms of like money there's that other kinds of supports i find that yeah there are a lot of things available in terms of like there's a, a Beratungsstelle, like a counseling center for all kinds of parenting co-parenting needs like if you have trouble figuring out your co-parenting agreement or you're having trouble parenting or anything like that 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 was um helpful and it's free you can just go and like make an appointment and any and it's free to anyone living in Freiburg and I, I I'm guessing every city has something similar to that there's and there's a few different things you know Caritas the main sort of nonprofit association here that gives all the kind of free counseling in Freiburg they offer also free parenting consultations and stuff like that you know there are a lot of resources in that realm i my son currently goes to it's just there's not so many group therapy type here situations here or like group work here but for boys but we did find one where they go climbing and so he goes rock climbing once a week with a boys group and that that's really great and that's through the health insurance yeah and I mean when we first got separated yeah going to psychotherapy was was helpful and uh, I find that yeah I mean in, in in some ways there are a lot of supports like in the structure they're not always, yeah, it's like you have to make learn how to make them work for you, you know? Mm-hmm. And probably also know that they exist. Yeah. I mean, that's half of it, especially coming in as an outsider. Maybe if you grew up in Germany, you know these things exist, or you at least know you could guess it and you know where to look. But I don't know how it is in the U.S. specifically, but I don't have the feeling that we have quite as many structures like that. So it wouldn't even occur to me that I could just go onto some website and find some information. You know, I would think... I wouldn't even think of it unless someone told me. So I imagine that's also part of the hurdle. I'll mention one more thing, which was because 
For example, I I wanted my son to learn how to use the public transport system, which is something that kids here do. Another thing that in the U.S. you would probably not see like an eight or nine-year-old using the public transportation system. And here you'll see a six-year-old using it. Like it's totally valid and like, le- you know, legit. Like it's it's normal and it's healthy like for them to be independent is how they see it. And it was kind of an eye-opener for me when I – a friend of mine, a German friend of mine introduced me to that idea and I was like, hmm, okay. And it took some time getting used to it. But then finally when I was getting ready, oh, also all the schools usually have like a school social worker who is available to talk about all these things. And she said, well, what about you ask someone to teach him to use it instead of you teaching him to use it? Because then that'll separate it from you a little bit. Like it won't be you, you know, you can still be that kind of like soft landing place because it's hard to like push that independence on him. Like, okay, like now you go learn to use that system and go take yourself to school. Like it feels weirder when it's coming from me. Whereas if like someone else taught him and it was like, okay, like he empowers him to do that. And she had suggested like here there's like, I guess there's like a youth, Jugendamt, like the youth office that takes care of all these kinds of things that you can go and request for funding, like for someone to teach him to do it. Cool. But I was like, oh no, no more paperwork. So I actually <laughs> asked my ex-husband to do it. I was like, no more paperwork of requesting German offices to do things. So my ex-husband did it and then my son learned how to use it. And now he goes to school on by himself on the public transportation, which has been a huge help for me and my nervous system and my own taking care of myself. So that's a really cool idea. I, I kind of like that the social worker pointed out this concept too of having someone else do it. That shows also that there's some understanding of nurturing those relationships and seeing a value to us being a soft, safe space. For me, it's a little surprising to hear us in like a German system, someone valuing like a bit of vulnerability and softness and that it's nice. Yeah. And I think there's also like this sense of like being able to hear they use the term patchwork a lot, like patchwork families. And I think they do have some understanding or respect for, for the role patchwork plays. And I feel like there is a little bit more like a less judgy, more objective, like, okay, yeah, like if he's growing up without a father figure in the home, like it's okay that he has like in the rock climbing group, he's consistently every week has this man who takes him rock climbing or like, okay, every week he has this teacher who's helping him with math or like that it's okay that he can get some of his role modeling masculine you know, male role modeling from other men that don't necessarily always have to be a biological or a stepdad role, you know? And yeah, I find that's that cool. that's healthy too and helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes that, that term in practicality and pragmatism and value for just doing things the best you can do them is really great. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That's where I like it's helpful. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so then looking to now to today, there's a big change coming up for you. I mean, you guys are doing basically a test move, is this right? Back to the States? Yeah. Yeah. We've decided to go for at least a certain period and just see what it's like to live there. And especially for my son to experience not just vacationing, but like, okay, going to school there or what is that like? And life there on a more, you know, long-term level and then seeing if that feels like a better fit for us now. First off, just a very cool idea. And I think it's really neat that you've managed to organize it. That's huge. Um, And I'm interested how the aspect of being a single parent is playing into this decision, if, if at all. 
Yeah, for sure. It really is. I mean, obviously there are many factors, but just like let's focus on the single parenting aspect for sure. Like I feel like, like I've mentioned a few times now with Corona, it's just shifted and sometimes just being by myself here and not having that support, like I mentioned a lot of times, like having that person that I can just be like, hey, I have a training this weekend. Can I leave my son with you this weekend? Whereas like in the States, my dad is there and like, it's very different to have to pay for those things. Like there's a different vibe to paying for a babysitter and being like, hey, which I've done all of the things. Like I've I've literally, like I'm a very ambitious go-getter person. I've literally had two close friends slash babies. Like she's a good friend, but she was also playing babysitter for some time. And she and um, her partner stayed at our house and I, and like we did, it was like four days, five days that I went to the States for a training. Wow. Yeah. But as time goes on, I don't feel that those, you know, like for example, these people, they're very busy. They have their lives. Like they have things going on. I cannot, they're not, it's different from family that it's like kind of ride or die that you could just be like, well, you got your stuff going on, but I have my training. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm going, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Yeah. So, and mm-hmm. I want to continue like with my career development and, you know, there are trainings that I want to do and offerings also that I want to, you know, retreats that I want to give. And yeah, how do I provide the best support for my son? And I think of my dad and, and who's, you know, also on a whole nother level, just like the connection that they have and the, my dad's also hungry for that. It's not just like a one-sided thing. It's like, he will also benefit from that. And here feeling it more like a, like, hmm, now who do I ask? Or "Mm, it's just not easy. So yeah, it sounds like a, It'll be a lot of positives. And it's interesting because it's like some, uh, on one hand, we just talked about all these great systems that Germany is offering to help support. Maybe there will be some of that in, especially in California. I'm sure they have some programs and things like that. But it's almost like that doesn't, when you when you have that built-in family support, you probably aren't looking for that quite as much because that's sort of the same services, so to say, or the, I don't know, there's a bunch of emotional aspects to it. But when you look at the concrete, like what you actually need in that moment, a lot of that is going to end up coming from family in your community back home, it sounds like, um, versus here. It's like, oh, when that's lacking, then the government can step in. But that's just... Right. Well, I want to be cognizant of like, I don't like to feed into the sense that like family is always the greatest idea. You know, I'm very... I work with a lot of women that I know like you wouldn't want your child to go stay with your parents maybe or, um, you know, or don't have that who have lost their parents or have, you know, it's, there's a many situations and it's like, it's not, doesn't look just one way. In, in my situation, I think honestly, there have been a lot of benefits to being away from family in terms of self-growth and like looking at my own self and patterns. But uh, yeah, just my own particular relationship with my dad, there are many, many healthy aspects to it. And I think of the connection with my son. So for me, it is like a possibility and and like a a good one. But um, I think when you, when that's just not a good idea, you're gonna, you know, when I didn't think about moving back, I really was leaning on the supports that are here. Like I have really explored what is available, therapists, what are, uh, groups and I yeah they're definitely a viable option and a good option here yeah yeah I'm um, well with that it's already time to round the corner and head to home with the ending segment which is called zack 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 so it's a rapid fire question round where I ask you three questions that you answer without thinking it overthinking it 
Just go with your gut. Are you ready? I'm ready. What is your favorite music of the moment to throw on and dance around to? Lizzo. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I almost put her on this morning and then I was like, oh, she's a lot for the morning, but maybe that's what I mean. <laughs> And speaking of the morning, what is your favorite food or drink to start the day? Well, the breakfast I had today was super good. You got to see it. I did. I had (laughs) coconut yogurt, like vegan coconut yogurt with mango pieces and blueberries drizzled with agave. So yummy. Okay. And as you prepare for this move back to the U.S. or this this test move, uh, what's one product that you're going to make sure you pack and stock up on? Valeda skin food. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) Valeda is everything. Oh my goodness. Yeah. 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 It's this um, cosmetic brand, I guess. They do like moisturizers and shampoos. I mean, kind of everything. But they're, I think they're in Switzerland and all organic. Are they not German? I thought they were German. Swiss German, as far as I know. But I'm interesting. Yeah. And Dr. Hauschka, too, I find is really good. Their rose oil for this. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Those, oh, man. those kinds of things. That, Very solid answer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good point. Yeah. I actually have brought those things back as gifts for people. Yeah. Actually, now that you mentioned it, like, here's some nice hand cream. <laughs> those are the things. It's not yeah. ours, artisanal or something, so it doesn't seem like a typical gift, but it's uh, it's just such good quality. <laughs> it really is. Really good quality. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, if anyone would like to contact you or reach out, maybe there's other single parents who, who would love to exchange uh, ideas or information. Um, where can people find you? Yeah, I mean, I have a website that's tanyadontis.com, Tanya with a Y, not with a J. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, and like you can contact me, the email, you, there's a contact form there, but my email is info at tanyadontis.com, D-A-N-T-U-S.com. Yeah. Very cool. Thanks yeah. for sharing that. And thanks sure. again for coming on to the show. Yeah, my pleasure, Nikki. Thanks one more time to Tanya for coming on the show and sharing your personal experience as a single mom abroad. Best of luck on your upcoming move. Reminder, you can reach out to me on Instagram or on Twitter at the expat cast. Definitely get in touch if you know someone who has adopted a child as a foreigner. As always, you can visit me online at theexpatcast.com. And if you like what you've been hearing, you can leave me a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on your podcast app of choice. I would love to get some five stars, some information about what you enjoy specifically about the show so I can keep doing what you like. As always, I want to thank Amy Lungi Art for the logo and Side Hug for the theme music. They're on Instagram at a hug from the side. On Thursday, I'll be back in the feeds with an interview with someone who moved abroad at 15. So I guess it's more like she was moved abroad by her parent. But we'll get all into that next week. Till then, have a wonderful week. Stay healthy and stay safe. Bits done. Tschüss.